I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. In this episode, we're going to be chatting with Jonas Rat, Amazing MVP, done so much with the XRM Toolbox, absolute legend of a guy, uh, spent time in his country, um, took me out to lunch, etc. I've actually been to his country twice and caught up with him and ate food or broke bread with him, so to speak. Anyhow, if you want the full show notes for this episode, visit nz365guy.com forward slash 86. Now let's get on with the show. Jonas, welcome to the MVP show. Thank you very much, Mark. Well, I was, I've been looking forward to this, i got to say, Jonas, because I know that when I ask you questions based on my past experience, I should always expect a unique answer in that uh, there's always the double meaning read into my questions from time to time. Yeah, uh, you like to twist things around a bit. I know, and it keeps it entertaining. But before we jump into who you are and the amazing individual you are from the lovely Nordic country of Sweden, that's right, isn't it? You're definitely Swedish? I am Swedish. I've, I've been called uh, Finnish and Norwegian and um, you know what, but uh, yes, I'm Swedish. So are we saying you're a pure-blood Viking? Uh, well, not in the sense of uh, looting and killing and that part of it, but uh, yeah, I have... He lies, su- he lies. <laughs> <laughs> I have very Swedish roots. Yes, that's true. Excellent, excellent. So one of the things I want to jump on, it's top of mind for me right now, is you've just done a new release, is that right? Some new tool has been popped out there in the XRM toolbox. Can you tell me what this is? Yes, uh, there is this. Uh, well, it's not a new tool. It's the good old-fashioned FetchXML builder, but I released uh, just the other day a uh, new feature to be able to create the, the you know the the tricky query parts of uh, uh, retrieving a, a list of records when you're creating a flow so so and there there's a quite natural reason for that because i very recently started actually doing stuff for real with flow and uh, stumble up on this and see ah can't be this hard and that's sort of the, the driving force behind all all the tools and all the features i'm creating at least i don't want to do this this is this <laughs> i'm not worthy doing this kind of labor I, w- I want something to help me so yeah nice nice so so Tell me, what's been the reception to the tool so far in the market? Uh, amazing. That <laughs> sums it up pretty well. I think it's um, it's fun to see how many you actually reach with these things, and uh, and the the help I actually give people by by providing this. And yeah, I'm, of course, you might get a bit hybris and say I'm the savior of the dynamics world. But <laughs> okay, that's not it. But uh, but it's really fun to see. I mean, then when you get the appreciation back. So, so I, I really enjoy that. So so this is obviously not your first um, uh, foray into the XRM toolbox. Can you give us a bit more of a background on, you know, the other 
parts that make up fetch xml um the various tools uh, you got plug and trace viewer auto number manager late bound uh consistent generator is that Cons- uh, co- constant generator constant so what what is that late bound constant generator well it's for those who doesn't go the daryl bar way and always do their c-sharp coding with early bound classes but do it late bound instead and this is just a tool to help you generate classes so you don't have to type the entity names attribute names and so on because you sooner or later you are going to misspell something so to help that out you usually create some sort of constants or libraries with uh, these texts these uh, labels or rather the attribute names and so on and uh, this tool does it for you so it looks at the metadata and generates that so so do you have a backlog because i mean that's a fair number of tools you know i didn't even read them all out then you know related record analyzer bulk data updater um do you kind of have a, a roadmap in your mind of things that you know you want to add to this this the the the, the tooling over time i try but uh, i also i mean <laughs> by now i've realized i don't work that way so the i I really cannot create this project plan and stick to that and say by June I should have this feature done and so on. For instance, this uh, the the backing uh, sort of the the functionality that supports this uh, flow feature that I just released is the ability to create web API uh, query strings for for the for the queries you make, and that has been in the backlog for like two years or something. And then uh, actually I got incredible help by uh, Mark Carrington, who is at Data8 in England, I think, or perhaps Scotland. I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong. So he he actually created the, the Web API query support, and then I simply used that to create this flow feature. So, but but that's how it works. I mean, when either I get too annoyed by having to do something that's too hard, or when I get this really cool idea and it gets fun to do it, then that's when it gets implemented. It's not things are not happening. I mean, when you're in a real project, of course, you do the boring stuff as well. But but for these uh, sort of the things I do in the nighttime and the, and the fun stuff, that happens when it's fun or when I really see a use case and I see that I actually myself can benefit from it. Yeah. So you, so you're telling me that you're pretty much building something based over based on a problem that you've come across that you can do something uh, make it better do it smoother, do it quicker, that type of thing, save time. And so therefore you build then that solution that you're going to use. And of course, then open source it to the community. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, exactly how it works. And and I think it's, I've been, that's my way of uh, working my entire career, regardless if it was dynamics or whatever. I mean, when you get, I don't like doing things twice. Twice is once too many. So so then you find out, okay, are there more efficient ways to do this by simply changing my the process of working? Or do I actually need a tool to do, do this or just some um, helper utilities or whatever? So that's from that urge, uh, I'd say these these kinds of tools and helpers emerge. And uh, well, I guess sooner or later you... Uh, create something that's not just appreciated by me but by a large part of the community as well yeah yeah so good and and that's the thing is that uh, you know i just think of the for the time the xrm toolbox has been a market how many human hours of effort has it saved this tool set on so many you know projects around the world i think 
uh, it'd be phenomenal to count up the kind of the hours that it's saved um, globally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we us who are working with it, with Tangi, of course, as the first and foremost person, uh, there's a lot of hours going into the tool, but uh, we also realize that uh, 10 or 100 fold times that uh, go out of the tool as well. So, yeah. And also, I'd like to emphasize another thing. It's not, not only that you save time, but by, by using the tools, you also remove a lot of the manual processes by, by using the utilities for it instead, which means you also ensure quality and the, that you repeat the same pattern of working instead of doing it manually and you sort of improve a bit here, a bit there, and someone else comes in. But when you're using the, these tools instead, you uh, you actually improve both the productivity and quality of your deliveries. Yeah. So you, you're basically creating an insurance policy to avoid human enter, sorry, human error entering in so many of the scenarios that the products address, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can... You, you can develop the tools and they do things bad the first five times the, the way we do it manually as well. But after that, they just keep doing it right instead. Yeah, yeah. So good, so good. So, you know, I've had the pleasure of visiting you one of the uh, when I was on my world travels and coming and visiting you in your hometown in Stockholm. Tell me tell me uh, a bit about what, what's family life like for you and living um, in Sweden? Well, family life for me, I, I guess, is quite normal for uh, this uh, time and age. I have, uh, I'm actually getting married this summer with uh, the woman I've uh, lived with for what is it now five years, been engaged seven years, and we have. Uh, I have four kids. She has two kids, so there's kids everywhere, but they're starting to move out and so on. So, I live um, like 20 kilometers north of Stockholm, so I. Take the morning train every morning. Start working when I when I sit down on the train, and then uh, go to the office. Well, working centrally in Stockholm, and uh, that's that's basically the everyday uh, life here. And, uh, so, 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 if you had the choice of uh, of a the perfect meal that you would have in Stockholm, what would it be? You know, usually food to me. I'm not a, a gourmet in any way. I usually, especially so McDonald's. Especially, McDonald's, is fine. <laughs> McDonald's works for lunch, but <laughs> but I mean, and and that's one thing I'm getting at. I mean, lunch is such a useless meal. Why do you have to have lunch? Just okay, fill me up with some energy so I can continue get through this day and then get home and uh, spend time there. I I really don't understand the people sitting, going to a restaurant, sitting there for an hour, having lunch and then going back. I just want to, okay, let's refill the energy and continue doing what I was doing then so, so I can get back or so I can do what I what I enjoy. But uh, other than that, well, I'm, I'm quite a simple man. I like a good steak and some uh, potatoes in some form. That's very standard, but uh, yeah. What about seafood? Are you into seafood? Not at all. I, it, it even happens that, uh, you know, when you get you register for an event or a party or something, it happens that I claim that I'm allergic to seafood. But uh, I'm really not. But nah, it's not. It's not a big thing. I I can eat it, but uh, I don't uh, sort of. Nah, nah. It's not, it's not your type of thing. So so no no fermented herrings in. 
<laughs> that's not seafood. It's not food at all. Something from the nor- northern parts of Sweden that somehow trickled down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. I have tried it because, you know, when in Rome, as they say, you've got to try these things. So tell me, um, your, uh, your your profile says you've only been a MVP for two years, yet in my mind it's, it's at least been five. Um, so I suppose you're coming up for a new on a year three, is it, um, would be for you? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, since we're now mid March. It's uh, two years and a couple of weeks since I got the email from Microsoft. So, and uh, even then, I thought it was it was a bit sooner than I expected. And I, I'd like to say also that I mean, uh, there's a lot of people you hear about that are really putting an effort into it and making sure they contribute as much as possible to be able to reach this uh, MVP level. Uh, I never did that, but I mean, of course, I realized it was a possibility, especially. And I mean, the big, the big thing for me is the tools, for example, toolbox that have become so used, so widely spread. Also, uh, but but I've been speaking a bit, and then when I got the email, and uh, you say it feels like uh, I've been here for five years. I say it feels like ten minutes. <laughs> I still still feel like, it. but it, but then again, I mean, the the people that uh, I'm in contact with. Uh, in in this community and the MVP side, are most of them or you guys have been around for so long? So I still feel like the new kid on the block. There's, I, uh, I don't know whether it's just because I've seen you at so many events and I've come and seen you in your hometown. You took me out to lunch, treated me to a good time, and it's happened over I'd know the last eighteen months. All those touch points, I just feel like I've known you for ages. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, no, I, cool. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. But the, still, you, you have this feeling that, okay, I'm, I'm new here. These guys knows uh, how things are done. I'm just uh, watch and learn. So tell me, what has been the experience of, you've, you found that you became an MVP. Did you, did you feel like you knew what it was you were getting into or, or what, what's that journey been for you and what were the surprises? I had no idea what I was getting into. And I, I, to circle back to what I was saying, I didn't really get, uh, it wasn't something I got myself into. It was something that happened and uh, opened a lot of new doors. And uh, I I mean, one thing that's, uh, of course, I know everyone mentions it and I'm, I'm doing it as well since I'm just opening my closet here to start packing. Um, tomorrow morning, I'm going to MVP Summit. Uh, so th- that is, of course, a very big thing to go there to meet everyone. I mean, you have contact with lots of people online from all over the world. And then there's this week when you actually meet face to face. And I, that's, I've been there once last year, and uh, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm so thrilled to go back now tomorrow morning. Uh, so, so that's a big thing. Um, other than that, I one thing, the one thing that uh, sort of strikes me most often now is the, <laughs> the the drinking from the fire hose. There's so much information that we are provided, and that's of course a wonderful thing. But you you really need to, if you want to stay up to date, you need to narrow down as well and say, okay. I cannot know everything about everything. I can either have a superficial knowledge or just scratch the surface on on many areas or dive down into a few of the areas. So it's it's 
to me, it's a bit harder when you see this uh, email folder in Outlook getting more and more unread than when it's at 300, I just say, mark all red and start from the beginning and try to catch up from next week instead. So, and, and that's, it, it sort of hurts because you always feel like I'm missing out on so much now. I, it's, of course, a lot of information you don't really care about or tell yourself you shouldn't care about. But, you know, there's always these sort of the, the golden nuggets in there that you're afraid to miss out on. So <laughs> but there's a, this FOMO feeling for missing out, even even in the email threads and the, uh, the official and unofficial announcements from Microsoft and so on. So I think that's, that's one... <laughs> a big feeling and it's not always a good one of uh, being an MEP. Yeah, yeah, so true, so true. There's there's just so much content, you know, to keep across. Which which leads into a question that I'm I'm interested to get your view on is that you know, you've worked in a range of organizations, partner organizations, um and so had, you know, a, a good amount of experience in that. And traditionally partner organizations would um they would uh, provide training to their staff maybe once a quarter. There might be a week or three days or a day's training here, there on the technology. You've just mentioned how much information is coming at you. How how are partners and how do consultants really change their way they learn in this modern era of constantly new content that is very targeted around the technology that we're involved in? Well, I've never been good at uh, absorbing information, reading blogs, reading uh, documentation in specific, and uh, sort of listening to uh, podcasts or video tutorials. I, I just can't do it. So I think the, I can only speak from my own perspective here, but I think the most important thing is to make sure you get your hands on on the on the actual environments on the on the trials on everything and try it out because as you try and as you have struggled with that you google around you learn you ask around in the community and you you get help and and also i think that's a very important part as well to actually reach out not just sit lock yourself in your office and and, and try to work it because you're not alone okay it's a, it's a small community i mean dynamics is it's not windows it's not office it's just dynamics but but still there there is a community out there and it's a really helpful community once you reach out that's that's my experience uh, single handedly uh, so try try to work with it. I I I can't function in any other way to to absorb information. So so <laughs> just to totally pivot, American football. Why is that one of your passions? It started out when I was in what you would call high school, I guess, uh, in Sweden. I was sixteen, seventeen, or something, and I had this. Uh, friend in class who had been taking this one year off and to do studies in, in the US. And he never played American football there, but when he came back, he was like, hmm, that was fun to look at, or at least. And we had these, like, th three clubs around the Stockholm area. This was late 80s. Uh, but uh, there was no one. They were quite... Advanced is a very strange word to, <laughs> to take here, but, but I mean, they were not very open to a 17-year-old newbie to the sport. 
So we just decided, uh, well, why don't we start our own club here in our suburb outside oh, Stockholm? Oh, so cool. So, so we cool. did that, and I said, I, hey, I'm a sort of anti-violence, uh, pacifist kind of guy. And I, it's, what, what you knew was, okay, people try to beat, it, beat each other up on the field there. So, yeah, I, I can be part of the organization, but I'm not playing that. And I was also quite a tiny little kid. But it took like five weeks and then I was on the field as well. So I started playing them when I was like 16, 17 or something. And it was quite fun. They didn't have any youth series or anything. So it was 16-year-olds mixed with 35-year-olds and uh, we played the games there. I, I realized they have this... Uh, then after that, I've had two of my sons have been playing as well here in Stockholm, but in proper youth clubs. So So that's fun. But it was a funny thing I realized when my kids were playing is that they have this rule that uh, up to the age of 13, if you're above 65 kilos, you're, you're on weight. You are not allowed to carry the ball and progress it. So I realized, okay, my entire career, I would have been allowed to carry ball in under 13 age because I never weighed that much when I was playing. I was really thin, but somehow I survived. So now it's, uh, I mean, it's my own Super Bowl parties when that is, and I subscribe to NFL Game Pass uh, to have something to do in the in the autumns here. Okay, let's get some wrap-up questions done because the time's flowing so quickly already. Um, your best purchase under $100. Ah, um, I heard these questions from, in some other podcast. Best you know, purchase... it's my most demanded question. People like come to me and go, oh, I love it when you ask that $100 question. Yeah, I should have prepared. Um, no, it's off the cuff. Off the cuff. I'd say a uh, good bottle of wine and the right company. Okay. Okay. Normally I deny food as being an option, but I'll, okay. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay. Um, it's not food. I tried <laughs> to tell my wife that, but she yeah, disagrees. Nice. Uh, who do you think of when you think of Punchable? A classic, but it's also, it has a background story. I realized when I'm going to Summit now, it's the seventh time I've been to the States in one and a half year due to conferences and work and whatever, and the holiday as well. And it's funny, I started going to that country just after they got this new guy running the country, and I really feel bad about sponsoring <laughs> them now. So I, I'd say, well... Okay, yeah. next question. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, I, I think I can read between some lines. Um, <laughs> how do you define success? Enjoying what you're doing. I Absolutely. It. I love it. Jonas, it's been a pleasure to have you on the MVP show. If people want to connect with you online, what social media assets should they look at? Well, there's my blog website, jonasrap.net. Uh, probably the easiest way I'm on Twitter recently active there it's uh, at Rappen which means uh, there's an explanation means the rap so it's like uh, some form of my last name Rappen uh, yeah those are the easiest other if you need me in any other medium you can find it on the website hey thanks for listening if you have any questions about any of our episodes or our guests, feel free to comment in the comment section or on any social media platform. Tag me in at NZ365Guy or hashtag NZ365Guy and I will engage with you, answer your questions, do whatever I can do to help. Full show notes for this episode can be seen at visit or can be seen, can be, you can visit 
nz365guy.com forward slash 86. Until next week, 